0: Hi, this is Dr. Mike Chupp. Welcome back to CMDA Matters and this weekly program has been going on now for four years, nearly 200 weekly episodes. It's just hard for me to believe as I look backward. And over the last couple of years, we have been sharing in this final week of the calendar year, a year-end review and celebration. To help me do that, as we did last year, is uh, Mr. George Courtney, who's our Vice President of Stewardship here at CMDA. Welcome, George, to the studio. Mike, it's so good to be
1: here. I've been looking forward to this time together.
0: Well, I'm just thinking as we prepare to have this conversation that the psalmist said, God causes us to remember His wonderful works, how gracious and merciful is our Lord. And God does remind us, and he uses his Holy Spirit to remind us, but sometimes he uses testimonies that people give to remind us of how God has favored us and blessed us, including here at the CMDA ministry, George.
1: Absolutely, Mike. What a privilege it is whenever we have the opportunity to interact with our members and our supporters out in the field, and we begin to hear these testimonies come forth and how God's at work in their life. It's energizing and motivating and it helps give us purpose in our calling here at CMDA.
0: The two of us actually got to do some traveling in October and did some of that together, staying in homes of our members and being a part of gatherings and communities, in particular Texas, uh, several cities. So we were both blessed as we were on the road together.
1: Absolutely. Uh, It was a wonderful trip together. I look forward to doing that again. We've done it in the past over the years, and what a blessing. Mike, this year, as we've talked about testimonies, as we jump into this podcast, we decided that maybe the best way to reflect on the year and to cast vision for the future year in 2024 was through many testimonies of our members that we've had over the years. And so today, throughout this podcast, we're going to hear some testimonies from members just like our listeners out there today, sharing how God has used their CMDA to strengthen them, encourage them, and motivate them in their walk as Christian healthcare
0: professionals. Well, let's get started. Let's let's hear that first testimony, George.
2: So, as a Christian healthcare professional, you know, I've been blessed to be able to be both in the school of medicine and also the school of pharmacy. And it doesn't matter whether you're a dentist, a doctor, a pharmacist, a physical therapist, a nurse, a nurse practitioner, a physician assistant, all Christian healthcare practitioners face the same challenges. That might be burnout, or it might be dealing with difficult ethical issues as a practitioner. It might be wanting to know how you can practice and keep faith as a part of your practice and help others treat the whole person. Regardless of those situations, the CMDA is is there to really help provide resources to equip you with what you need in order to really live your fullest Christian healthcare practitioner life. is there to encourage you. There isn't another network of Christian healthcare practitioners who is more focused on being there for you, to encourage you, to help you deal with tough and challenging situations such as malpractice lawsuits, help you deal with burnout, or to even just be there for prayer when you're trying to make those big decisions as a practitioner in life. That's what's so pivotal about being a CMDA member.
1: Mike, I like what uh, Dr. Edwards said. All Christian healthcare professionals face the same challenges. Being a part of a community of like-minded professionals helps our members and our supporters know they are not alone. I know that building communities of healthcare professionals is close to the heart of CMDA as well. We now have 88 local ministries as well as 88 side-by-side groups meeting across the U.S., What is one of your favorite stories from 2023 about
0: the CMDA having community? That is a tough question to answer because there are are a ton of stories that I could tell. Stories from student ministry, resident fellow ministry, as well as those who are in practice. But I I think a story that could be told by a student herself. Uh, This is a second year student from Duke. A story that you got to hear live at a at a yes. banquet just a couple of weeks ago. Let's let Chanel Varney tell her story to our listeners.
3: A resident says medical training is just one long grind. It's awful, but there's no way around it. But scripture says we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. A doctor endorses empathy as essential for patient care, but ignores the med student all day. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. I'm surprised you haven't heard of us. My lab has over 200 publications in that field. Many consider us the authority on the matter. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. A med student admits, I'm having an existential crisis. I've got so much anxiety. How am I supposed to choose my specialty? How am I supposed to know what to do with my life? But God says, for I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I know many of us here tonight are in the medical field, but whether or not that's the case, I'm sure most of us have encountered narratives in the workplace that run contrary to scripture. The world tells us to promote ourselves, boast about our achievements, have a foolproof plan for the future, and don't forget to put our trust in the experts. I love medicine. I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe in its mission or believe that God wanted me here. But it's so easy for me to buy into the jadedness that pervades our culture. How can I be a light when the standard is exhaustion and impatience? I want to be different. I want to be the person who loves a patient that others consider difficult. I want to be the person who responds with grace even when I'm stressed and staying over time. I want to be the person who, instead of grumbling under my breath about the attending, prays for him or her. But how do I do this on my own? There are 117 students in my class, but no more than five are active or open with their faith. This is why CMDA has been so essential for me. Our gatherings may be simple, maybe a pizza dinner at a faculty's house or lunch in a classroom, but they impact me. When I sit with residents, attendings, researchers, administrators, people scattered all across Duke and yet who attest to the same living God, I'm reminded that I'm not alone, that God sees me, that he is still active. At our gatherings, I've been reminded to pray for that test I've been so worried about, to pray for that classmate who doesn't know Jesus yet. I'm reminded of how grateful I am for Christian community at Duke. We love each other. We feel happy when we see God working through our failures. We approach medicine as something more than fixing bones and organs. I want to thank all 265 of you here tonight and give a special thanks to Corey and Melissa who make this all happen. Thank you for your on the ground work of planning the events, creating posters, sending reminders, organizing the food and the spaces, and for helping me find a church. Uh, Without you, there'd be no CMDA. Thanks also to Walter Lee and the other faculty who've opened their homes to us. Even if what you do seems small in the scope of what you've got going on, your service and commitment to us has impacted my life. To everyone who has supported or is considering supporting, just know that you will be supporting me and many others like me who are genuine in our faith and who see our talents and careers as given by God and intended for his glory. Thank you.
1: Mike, I think you were right. (laughs) What a powerful story. When I heard that the first time, I was just really moved and, and challenged by how our students are challenged on their campuses today. Is there another story that stands out to you?
0: Yes, actually, from Western New York, a ministry that has been growing by leaps and bounds. I actually have an office not far from the medical school there, University of Buffalo. And a story that they tell us is that just a few months ago, a gentleman named George came to the student gatherings at a place that they call the City of Light Health and Ministry Center. And George was all smiles and several in the group. The leaders had not noticed him before. And they spoke with him at the conclusion of their event and came to find out that George had immigrated from Syria and was struggling to find housing. Now, he was a doctor back in Syria and was working through a process, a long one to get recognized and licensed here in the U.S., but now found himself on the streets. So that local community worked on George's behalf over the course of several weeks, found him lodging through a a local church, and he continued to attend their local events there in Buffalo and brought his determination, his effervescent smile, and of course— his appetite along with him as they would have uh, lunches and pizza. The group leaders tell us that it's a long journey for him, but that community has come alongside this immigrant from Syria and is encouraging him in his faith and his walk, a powerful testimony to the community. And he himself will have his own network in Western New York that he can reach out to because he's been ministered to by the body of Christ there in Buffalo. Wow.
1: what a, What a powerful story. You think about being the hands and feet of Christ— we don't have to travel around the globe, <laughs> even though God calls us to do that. Uh, we just have to look across the street sometimes, and uh, or in this case, within our community group, and God blesses us with an opportunity to serve Him. Well, Mike, this summer we started working on our three-year strategic plan, and back in October, the senior staff had a retreat, and I was very encouraged Whenever I heard Bill Reichert, our vice president for Campus and Community Ministries, and his group that he was leading talk about the vision that the regional directors have for growing community groups, how do you feel like this is strategic to CMDA?
0: Well, George, let me first say to our listeners that, as you know, we are building the case, CASE, for bringing the hope and healing of Christ to our world by educating, encouraging, and equipping Christian healthcare professionals. So the C is, is for community, and it's at the heart. I mean, this ministry, ninety almost 94 years ago, was started by medical students in Chicago. And so student and resident ministry is at the core, but developing stronger communities. There are so many large metropolitan areas in the United States without a significant ministry at all by Christians in healthcare of whatever specialty they're pursuing. So the strategic plan is to pick out key strategic cities in our four regions and over the next three years... Not do all the heavy lifting because, frankly, those in the grassroots, they've got to take ownership. But maybe historically CMDA has waited for that to happen a little bit more than what we are purposing in the next three years, to come alongside, identify potential leaders within an academic as well as a community setting, come alongside them and provide resources to be catalysts from our national office. And so that really is what we're gonna look at over the next three years.
1: Well, Mike, that's uh, great. We have so much to talk about under community, but we must move on to our next testimony. Yes, we do. There is nobody fighting for the Christian healthcare professional for their right of conscience, for their ability to practice in a biblical manner and a God-honoring manner like CMDA is. I don't have the expertise or the desire to go to fight in a legislature or to be involved in the legal arena, but CMDA can do that for me using my dues and my gifts to do it in a way that's far uh, exceeds the quality of what I could do and the effectiveness of what I could do. Hearing Dr. Gill's testimony about the importance of CMDA's advocacy ministry Brought back some wonderful memories of how, back in January of 2023, in Washington, D.C., we kicked off the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine. If I remember right, John and Hillary were there, along with Dr. Jeff Barrows, our Senior Vice President for Public Policy and Bioethics, along with many others at the Museum of the Bible. What is the importance of the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine to CMDA?
0: Well, I'm excited to tell you about the Alliance for about six years now, a group of three faith-based associations, membership associations, two secular organizations, and one legal partner, and that's the Alliance for Defending Freedom, have been working together and became incorporated actually in 2022 in the state of Texas. And the desire for this group, this coalition, is to advance traditional principles that are Hippocratic, that our listeners will be familiar with. Above all, let's do no harm. And there's some points under how we don't do harm as healthcare professionals. Several years ago at the CMDA National Convention, one of our speakers is well-known to our listeners, Mr. Oz Guinness. And he pointed out to those in attendance that we have more in common with the orthodox constituents of di- even different faiths, let alone within Christianity. We have more in common with those who hold to orthodox, biblically-based beliefs than we do with the spectrum, even with our own denominations, those who are more liberal. And so what we're seeing within the Alliance is that we share common, biblically-informed views on sanctity of life, on marriage and, and sexuality. And so instead of five different organizations working separately towards similar goals. We are together recognized legally as one entity. And this year, the first official public action was to sue the Food and Drug Administration in the United States because of the drug Mifeprex and the way that it was approved many years ago. And that's ongoing. In fact, I think even this week, being considered by the Supreme Court to be taken on, to be considered whether or not Mifeprex should be restricted and taken back to earlier guidelines, early regulations that were in place for that drug.
1: So coming together, we're working as one voice, we become stronger. Three cords are not easily broken, I think is the passage that comes to my mind or a principle that comes to my mind. That's very powerful. Mike, also in the last 60 days, we released a new resource, and I know you're excited about it as well as many of us around the office. It's called Standing Strong. It's by Dr. Jeff Barrows, who is our Senior Vice President for Bioethics and Public Policy. Why should every Christian healthcare student or resident go through this training.
0: I asked Dr. Jeff Barrows, who put this together with the help from our digital media team, and he emphasized to me that the cultural pressures that exist right now with uh, technology and ever-present social media, that our students in the various schools, graduate schools, are so connected to what the culture is saying that we need a counter-narrative that's biblically based. And so... Bible-believing students need to be informed and to be able to argue from a very winsome platform the defense for all kinds of issues that are being faced. And they're being faced from week one as they get into their professional schools. And so this video-based teaching series, which Jeff has put together will arm our students to be able to interact and have confidence as they give an answer, gently give an answer to the hope that lies within them that's based upon God's Word.
1: I can imagine that some of them, maybe not growing up in an environment that was supportive and helpful and encouraging in this path, are finding a lot of hope and a lot of wisdom from this resource to help them defend what they know in their heart to be true and to be right,
0: but have never been given the tools or equipped with the words to say. And they're in such a minority, George, this day, Mm. that sometimes when they come to our national convention or become part of a webinar that we sponsor, like, I was so relieved. I thought I was the only one. There must be something wrong with me, that I believe what I believe based upon how I've been trained within my church, within my family. Absolutely. Well,
1: uh, Mike, sadly, it's become too frequently that we hear of CMDA members facing discrimination in their workplace because of their faith or their stand as a Hippocratic health care professional. This fall, the Lord provided CMDA a wonderful resource for members facing these types of challenges. Please tell us a
0: little bit about this new resource. Well, we've had a wonderful relationship uh, with Alliance Defending Freedom over several years and have been in communication with their top leadership, including CEO Kristen Wagner, about how we can do a better job of mobilizing doctors of faith, physicians of faith, in defending biblically-based bioethical principles and, and laws within our culture. And so, we came to an agreement with adf that they would support our members with legal support for employment challenges that th- that they would have based upon their healthcare right of conscience so on certainly all the issues of beginning of life end of life uh, you know physician assisted suicide some of the gender affirmation challenges pronoun usage all these things that, that our members in their various workplaces, are often being asked to do things that they feel within their hearts they cannot do. They are not being truly, truly consistent with what is best, even professionally, based upon the literature for their patients. And so ADF uh, has graciously offered to provide us with an expert lawyer who's an expert on employment law as it relates to protecting conscience rights. Mm. And so our members can reach out through Dr. Jeff Barrows – who will triage these requests, and then connect those that he feels are, are going to be helped with this attorney who will work with them, give them advice, and as needed, walk with them through the process of litigation uh, with employers that are asking them to do things that would leave them with moral distress and moral injury.
1: And I understand that already, just in a couple of months of having this resource available, that CMDA and Alliance Defending Freedom has been able to help. In
0: in fact, two pediatricians were two of the early recipients, both of whom had to do with gender issues. One was asked to take on and start a gender clinic Mm. to do gender affirmation in children and adolescents, and she just could not do that, and the hospital said, you either got to do it or leave. Another was a, a pediatrician from Chicago, actually one of our area leaders, who was asked to do pronouns that she just said aren't truthful pronouns, not consistent with biology, and so both of them sought out help from this attorney.
1: Mike, this has been great sharing about uh, our advocacy ministry, but we must move on.
4: So, I became a member of CMDA back when I was a medical student and I just really felt a need at that time for some Christian community. I think residency is a time of training and just as we're training professionally and medically, I think it's also really important to train spiritually. I think it's important to surround ourselves with um, godly mentors who can make sure that we finish residency not just as great physicians but as godly physicians. CMDA is a really big encouragement with that through the education, through the different resources that they have, both with audio and book, but also so much with just the face-to-face relationships. I feel like God has called me into missions and I think that CMDA was a large part of just cultivating my relationship with the Lord to the point that I was able to hear and recognize that call. CMDA has, has helped me with my future career pretty substantially.
1: I love what Amanda shares with us about CMDA and the impact that it had in her life. She refers to two different areas of CMDA, both mentoring and missions. I love her statement. It says this, I feel like God has called me into missions, and I think CMDA was a large part of helping me cultivate a relationship with the Lord to the point I was able to hear and recognize that call.
0: George, her testimony reminded me of what I heard just a couple of months ago at the Global Missions Health Conference, an unsolicited testimony. I was out in the crowd. There was a mm. panel being interviewed and um, a young man who was a, a physician in his community locally, when asked what had helped him in the path to be on mission full-time as, as, a, as, a, as a career missionary, and uh, I was just so pleased sitting out in the large crowd to hear him say – well clearly my CMDA community that mm. I've been a part of made a huge difference in my life and helped me along the path so we heard that from Amanda as well so having affirmation from those uh, around us within our community to be iron sharpening iron if you will along the path
1: why is why is it important to CMDA that we challenge Christian healthcare professionals to be involved in mission.
0: Well, you're right that it's important. As you know, it's engraved on the on our mantle here at CMDA above this huge, beautiful fireplace. Mm. Luke nine two, the mandate that Jesus said to the disciples: preach about the kingdom of God and heal the sick. A core ministry, bimodal ministry that just Jesus felt wasn't to be separated. But, you know, the Matthew 28 uh, Great Commission, Acts 1-8. And then John 20, many people don't think about John 20. After Jesus first appeared to the disciples, he says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So as he was sent and what he did is the example we're supposed to follow and imitate.
1: Right. And following Christ's example, is something that CMDA has really strives to do. It's one of the things that I really appreciate about our board of trustees. I know they come here once a year to meet, and their heart just to understand and follow and discern from the scriptures God's calling and direction for CMDA is so important and has been a blessing to me personally. What are the different mission opportunities uh, around the CMDA ministry?
0: So we have three distinct areas, arenas of ministry, two of which are team-sending ministries. Our largest is Global Health Outreach, GHO, which sends teams different sizes around the globe, more than 20 countries every year. And uh, almost anyone really can join a GHO team, and even if they're not not medical, can be part of logistics, or if they are dental, medical, uh, any kind of profession with healthcare can be a part of that team. The teams are led by those who've been through extensive training. Then the other ministry, Team Sydney, is called Medical Education International, often smaller teams, but their purpose is to teach to transform. And uh, that that's in a classroom, that's at the bedside, that's in the operating room. Uh, it can be – across the spectrum in terms of teaching. And then finally, our third ministry is the Center for Advancing Healthcare Missions, which is all about raising up healthcare, young healthcare professionals and old, much in the way that my career was engendered mm. as I was heading toward service in Africa as a, as a career missionary through conferences, through webinars, and through written and digital materials to challenge people about the call to be making disciples wherever we go.
1: What about domestic missions? Where does that come into play with CMDA?
0: It is really hard to separate out. As you and I traveled in Texas and as we've traveled, a, a, I've traveled around the country and heard from our members, mm-hmm. it's just part and parcel of their DNA mm-hmm. to take care of the poor wherever they are. That many weeks is fitting in those who don't have insurance within their practices, whatever their specialty is, whether primary care or, or consultative care. But it's also volunteering at local clinics for the poor. Many of our members are also full-time working, for example, with uh, Christ Community Health Fellowship, CCHF, more than 200 clinics around the country. So it is a very diverse way that God has called our members to serve the poor and the marginalized right where they're living. And then many of them, in addition, are short-term traveling overseas and serving.
1: So true, Mike. Um, I can't travel around the country— and meet with people on a weekly basis and not hear story after story mm-hmm. about how they're serving their community. Maybe they're at a alternative clinic. Maybe they're at a, um, a faith-based clinic, as you've mentioned. Maybe at their church. I've seen them doing parachurch healthcare out of their congregation. It's just so encouraging that as a Christian healthcare professional surrenders their faith to God. how they. Follow in his calling to care for those in their neighborhoods.
0: And the aroma of Christ just flows, like Paul Mm -hmm. said in 2 Corinthians 2. It's just that our members smell like Christ. Our listeners have heard me say it before, Christian medics with a divine aroma,
1: (laughs) wherever they are. And the thing that I love is like when they start talking about how they're serving their community, their faces light up and they get so filled with the spirit, you know, and, and encouraged. And so that's a a wonderful way. Do you have any favorite stories about missions that you'd like to share from this year?
0: Well, a couple. And as as with the uh, student and community, there's a lot of stories I could tell. But I'm excited about what's happening in the country of Cuba. Cuba is opening up more and more. And I'm on the board of the international CMDA body. And uh, this year, this summer, Cuba as a nation was inducted as another national movement. Mm. And so, our medical education international ministry is is partnering with some of those leaders within Cuba. That's something relatively new. But we had two different teams in Cuba this year earlier in the fall, and one was a couple of attending surgeons who had a medical student that received a scholarship to go teach and. You know, George, it's quite interesting to hear from the the surgeons who were there doing training in Cuba that the medical student who was with him had prepared her testimony and to talk with Cubans in training and also consultants, attendings, about how faith in the U.S. in training could be integrated into health care. And the attendings said – Honestly, the Cubans were more interested in coming up to her afterwards and asking her questions than they were even to us as surgeons who had presented on an academic Mm. topic. So that should be encouraging to those in training that they can be a part, just sharing their testimony, sharing their stories as they go on these teams. A second story comes out of the Global Health Outreach Ministry, and we have many teams that go to the nation of Nicaragua one of our main destination sites for teams that are serving. And uh, one team member uh, wrote just a couple of months ago that even on their free day, because they try to have a fun day as a team, Mm -hmm. to bond as a team and to do a little bit of decompression, that they were hiking around a volcano crater, and they got to, to a vent on the side of the trail. And this team member said the Holy Spirit prompted her to ask Rolando, who's our national worker there, on whether the guide was a Christian or not. Now, Rolando knew that the bus driver was a practicing believer, a follower of Christ, but he didn't know about the guide. So he thanked the team member for for that prompting, began to talk with a guide. And the remarkable story that came from that interaction is that this guide had helped a team, a GHO team, four years before. And that team had shared with him a gospel tract in Spanish Mm -hmm. that he had read. And he just said, I have been thinking about that and talking with friends about this news that my life can be changed because of what Jesus Christ did for me. And that kind of prodding by Rolando, which came from the team member to ask, led to him making a decision (laughs) that day on the trip around the volcano— that he would give his life to Jesus Christ. Mm. So clearly, it, it wasn't just like a drive-through kind of thing. It was four years in the making from a wow. previous ministry of a GHOT.
1: What a powerful reminder to be faithful, mm-hmm. to share where we're at at every opportunity, and especially at the prompting of the Holy Spirit in our life to share. We depend on it, George. Well, it's time that we must move on here, Mike, uh, to our next testimony, and it's from Dr. Linda Flower.
5: It's just amazing organization that has provided an incredible networking as well as um, just encouragement through my medical career, and I try to share it with others because it just means so much to me. It's difficult to describe in words, but it's definitely a spiritual reformation that that occurs, and then you can share that with your colleagues and your patients. It doesn't do a lot of good if you cure your patient of pneumonia, but they're still not going to heaven. So even though I'm in a Christian clinic, I was praying some with my patients, but now a whole lot more. The patients are so thankful. You can see that they're growing and that they're appreciative, but of course I get a lot more out of it than they do. I think CMDA gives you the courage. They help you with the words. They help you with prayer, with colleagues that pray with you and for you that you can connect for that. And the other thing with the students is just that they need that spiritual undergirding to see the connection between the physical, the mental, and the spiritual, that they get so dissected apart from each other when you're in training. So I think the programs that CMDA has at the student level, the resident level, and the graduate level just really help nurture those folks that take advantage of it so that they don't lose that in the process of becoming an excellent doctor.
1: I like what Dr. Flowers shared. She made this statement, it does not do a lot of good if you cure your patient of pneumonia but if they are still not going to heaven. Dr. Flower's statement here is very powerful and very much resonates with the DNA of CMDA. For well over two decades, we have been equipping and being diligent of training healthcare professionals how to integrate their faith into the practice of medicine. Our latest version of this is faith prescriptions. Take a couple of minutes and share with us an update about faith prescriptions
0: george faith rx is our most recent efforts to equip and inspire christian healthcare professionals it's a video-based curriculum and builds upon the solid foundation that came in the 90s from saline solution then followed by grace prescriptions these videos are just 15 minutes in length perfect for a one-hour discussion, whether it's students over lunch or residents in the evening or attendings in a community. And the attendings, those who are presenting the material, are 20 healthcare professionals from 12 states with many different backgrounds. So no listener can say, well, this doesn't really involve me and what I do within healthcare for a living. But it really touches everybody and it's a demonstration project of how we can be all on mission Mm -hmm. of sharing our faith on a daily basis. Now, I think that one of the weaknesses of the 70s and 80s, if you will, a time frame in which I was trained, is that we really had segregated this whole idea of that whole person care was, well, that might be for a few people, might be for primary care, or the spiritual part of that should be done only by pastors. And so I think we've been doing some recovery over the last few decades. That That is absolutely not the case. And in fact, I think because of some of the reticence for us, the segregation – that now there's even a lot of pushback, the idea of doing spiritual ministry pushback. So some of the more recent modules, George, have to do with sharing your faith when it's not easy, when there's opposition in the environment, whether it's a hospital or mm. clinic setting, especially for those of our members who are employees of hospital systems or clinic systems, to be able to pray with patients, to take opportunities to, to share their faith and encourage someone spiritually. So this curriculum, we believe, is it, it's really the core – Center of what CMDA is all about.
1: So this curriculum is being led, this whole program is being led by Dr. Bill Griffin, our vice president for uh, dental ministry. And I think you'll agree with me that he has this incredible calling and passion around evangelism. But we realize not all of our listeners are probably in that same spot. What would you share to encourage a listener today who maybe struggles to Share their faith.
0: Well, first of all, Bill Griffin is a poster professional to demonstrate. He's been very impactful over the years, impacted by Saline Solution and Grace Prescriptions, was the perfect uh, leader to, to develop this series and to share his energy, his gifting with others. So how, do, how would I respond to those who don't feel comfortable? I would say, first of all, Paul says, evaluate ourselves to see whether in the faith. So do a self-assessment about our faith, because mm-hmm. if our faith is... Is lukewarm or pretty cold. There's no way we're going to be motivated to talk about our Lord Jesus with others. Second, ask God for wisdom and for courage. The word is full of admonitions for us to ask God for things that God wants to give us. Mm. Wisdom and how to share in our daily interactions with patients, their families, our colleagues, our staff, and for courage, as I said, because there's pushback. But then I mean we're we're professionals. We know that we're not going to go out and do anything without having gone through extensive training. So one of my favorite talks that I give every year to groups of maybe 12 or 20 brand new medical missionaries preparing to go to the field is entitled, Keeping Spiritual Ministry Alive When Patient Care Demands Your All. <laughs> Keeping it alive. And none of those future medical missionaries heading for the field have been through any training on how to do spiritual ministry. And so Mm -hmm. Faith Prescriptions is available along with some other resources on how to be proactive in talking about your faith and doing whole person care. And then, of course, the word says iron sharpens iron. Find some sharp iron out there. Mm -hmm. Find a coach. Find someone like a Bill Griffin out there who's been doing it for a long time, and they're energy gifting is contagious. I I love hanging around Griff, uh, Mm because I learned a lot from him as we've traveled together on how to strike up conversations and genuinely talk about what Jesus means to us.
1: Yes, uh, you can't be around Dr. Griffin for a few moments, and you know that Christ is real and alive in his life, and he has a passion for others to experience the joy that he has. Mike, as we've talked about Faith Rx today— it's only one of numerous resources the equipping resources that we have at CMDA what are some other equipping resources
0: well because of time i'm not going to i'm not going to give you a comprehensive answer but just a few <laughs> we have a bridging the gap curriculum and that is designed for healthcare professionals and in, in their local churches to talk about the hot controversial topics of our day and to speak truth from a biblical perspective, whether that's beginning of life, end of life, gender, sexuality, addictions, and right of conscience. So Bridging the Gap is available. It's a free resource to anyone. We mentioned standing strong in training, uh, especially Mm -hmm. for those who are in training. We have over 80 bioethics position statements on the web on any topic of significance right now that would touch at all on bioethical issues. We also have our quarterly magazine, CMDA Today, the uh, winter edition that's just gone out. The front page is about how to handle those who've been deluded into thinking they can change their gender and now are wanting to detransition and so how to counsel them. That's actually the cover article on this winter magazine that's gone out. And then we have this podcast. We Mm -hmm. have the Student Pulse podcast. We have Dental Soundbites podcast, webinars, and then – Last but not least, our national convention is loaded with Category One credit continuing education, uh, and so we encourage people to to use those resources. Go go to these conferences that are one of a kind.
1: Mike, I think those resources are wonderful, and I know many of them are available through our learning center. If they go to cmda.org and search for our learning center there, they will find access to many of those resources. One of my favorite resources that you didn't mention is our biblical tours. Of course and you
0: would bring that up, George.
1: <laughs> We'd love to see how uh, God's at work in people's lives as we follow through uh, the different countries, following the footsteps of Paul in Greece and the footsteps of Jesus in Israel. And we get to follow in uh, Revelations with John over in Turkey. And uh, I know that uh, the war that's taking place over in Israel and Gaza right now is going to postpone some of the opportunities we have in 2024 to go to Israel. But I'm happy to say that we're focusing on some other opportunities that I believe individuals will enjoy, some of our listeners will enjoy today. Going to Egypt, for instance, or to Turkey, to Greece we have planned. And I know one of the ones that you and Pam are looking forward to is helping us follow Paul from Naples up to Rome in Italy.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to walking on the Appian Way. Absolutely,
1: and uh, some some great surprises as we go along. Last year we got to tour part of that with a group of CMDA members and uh, supporters, and it was great to be there and experience it. This year, Mark Wilson, a biblical scholar, is traveling with us, changing up the tour just a little bit and taking us a little bit deeper into the journey of Paul. So I'm looking forward to that, and I know we're going to have a great time. I hope many of our listeners will go over to cmda.org. Please
0: come join Pam and me.
1: And uh, be a part of this uh, wonderful tour. Mike, as we have reminisced over today, I've been reminded of so many of our wonderful uh, members and supporters that I've had the opportunity to interact with this year. We're just so grateful for the way that they give of their time and their service, the way that they're very genuinely interested in praying for the staff and praying for the work of CMDA, and then their financial support. CMDA would not be what it is today. It would not be accomplishing what it accomplishes today for the sake of the gospel if it wasn't for this incredible generosity that is outpoured each year into the ministries.
0: Amen, George. I started with a psalm, and I'll end with a psalm. In Psalm 107, those who are wise will take all of this to heart. They will see in our history the loving hand of God. So, yes, 93 years, but just in the last year, the loving hand of God through our mm. members, our champions, we need to be reminded at the times that our Lord is uh, so faithful in our lives, and it helps give us yeah. all Amen. the faith, all the courage that we need for the challenges of our day as we practice medicine. Before we go, I, I wanted to extend a huge heartfelt thank you to each of you out there who volunteered to serve through a particular CMDA ministry. Each of you who've paid annual dues, more than 5,000 of you in that category, and each supporter who entrusted us with a financial gift this year. Mm. So much of what George and I just shared with you today, well, it wouldn't be possible without the generosity mm-hmm. of so many, George. Well, perhaps uh, if you're listening, you haven't taken the time uh, during our year in giving campaign <laughs> To respond, and there's just a few days to go, George. So I want to ask our listeners, please consider a gift. Would you help grow this life-changing ministry? And if you'd like to do that, please just go to cmda.org give, or you can call our stewardship team, George, one of his te- or one of his team members at 888-230-2637 today. Well, as we close, I want to thank each of you who have been listening so Faithfully each week in 2023. And as you've heard me say over and over again, that bringing the hope and healing of Jesus Christ to our world through Christians in Healthcare is what matters to CMDA now and in the future. God bless you as you enter 2024 as CMDA matters more than ever before. We'll see you next week, God willing. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations.
1: The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.